This week, we're continuing our process party series with the Project Kickoff. We're taking you through everything we do once we've got a signed contract and before the creative process begins. This phase is all about preparing clients for the design magic while avoiding future problems. Because don't we all want fewer problems? Let's go! Studio Plum. And I'm Sean of Renstead Interiors. We're interior designers. Turned internet friends. Turned real life friends. Welcome to the Hot Young Designers Club podcast. We're not that hot. Or that young. Every week we'll be spilling the tea on how a new generation of interior designers can run their businesses. Welcome, Welcome to, to the, the club. club. Hey Sean. What's up, Rebecca? Uh, what's up? Let's see. Beautiful sunsets we're having on these fall evenings. Oh my gosh. We had like a gorgeous pastel amazingness one, which I lovingly refer to as a Katy Perry fart sunset. Oh, I... <laughs> okay. That's really bringing me some visuals. It's very like... Candy color. Teenage dream candy. Yeah. A la like her album cover. It's totally. very that. That's very, so whenever I see those, that's what I call very them. Very my six-year-old daughter. Have you seen this beautiful sunset? We call it the we call it cotton candy sunsets. Well, but, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <Twinsies>. <laughs> um so, shall we do some fizzles and sizzles? Little fizzy sizzies. You want me to kick it off? You want to kick yeah, it off? you can kick it off. All right. Okay. Um, I mean, there's a lot going on right now. Um, I think the Where fizzle... To start? Where to, where to begin? I have such a long list. Um, so I will, I will just like generally share how pro- I just feel a little bit disillusioned lately when I'm talking to clients. Almost all of them are construction clients. It's just like every inquiry... I think we've talked about this, you and I together, just has a really inaccurate picture of what construction's going to cost and how long it's going to take. And it's forcing me to make a lot of changes to my website, to some of my introductory client materials. It's, it's just getting annoying. Like I'm, I'm kind of getting over the client education of this. So mm-hmm. I, I, I'm not like, in Do you think there's just, it's just like amateur hour with everyone coming out of the wings wanting to work on their homes? I think that's part of it. And then I also think that for people who haven't done projects, they're not getting realistic numbers from television or the internet. Like if you're going on websites like Home Advisor and these places, like they're not, they don't apply to to the greater LA and Orange County market. They just, none of those numbers are realistic to, to hear. It'd be like asking them those numbers to be realistic to Manhattan and San Francisco. It just, 
they don't, they don't cross over. The average number you're seeing online when you do your basic level research is not going to apply to our area. Right. And you would think you would think anyone in California, especially Southern California, would know that most um, national averages here. don't apply to us. <laughs> right. Like you wouldn't expect uh, whatever job that you had, if you were applying for the same exact job at a, a national company in um, Irving, Texas, you know, like a really like semi-rural outside of a metro area type of community the pay scale is obviously going to be a lot lower than moving to a large metropolitan city environment like that's just and you should assume the same thing for construction so i we've been talking about this a lot offline off air of (laughs) how do i educate with some additional qualifying questions in my in my intake forms in my investment guide maybe some additional like I started drafting some blog posts that I can talk about this stuff and give some numbers to share with it yeah I just don't want I really think that I mean you get ads on Facebook that are like build a guest house for 40 grand and it's like no absolutely not absolutely not unless you already had a structure existing like well, maybe one of those like prefab. But even that's got to be so. I mean, that's where I say maybe the structure itself, but not the permits and the utilities and all of the foundation or whatever. Like, there's right. still a lot that they don't. It's kind of like when you see the advertised price for something and then they have all the stuff that gets added in. And then suddenly you realize like, holy moly, it's like the price, like on a car advertisement. And then you look like, doesn't include, um, or includes manual, <laughs> manual, manual transmission, transmission, manual no windows, AM radio no power only, steering. <laughs> no cameras, no safety, one no airbag, <laughs> one, one airbag. You have to manually deploy it by pressing a button. And <laughs> Oh, and also assumes that you have a huge FICO score yeah, and, and a gigantic down payment. Yeah, that they have. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's it's like that idea yellow. of you only have to advertise one on the lot that's that low price and the rest can all be higher than that. And that's construction. Right. Well, it's also though, <laughs> so like our debate, what, I don't want to get too deep into this. I almost feel like this could be a whole episode, but. God. Well, you want to get clients that are kind of on the fence or like could be qualified. You still want them to talk to you and, you know, be good leads without scaring them away. Yeah. I mean, I do have clients where I talk to them and it has happened where they reach out much later again, when they're like, now we're ready. Now we've prepared it. Now we refinanced. Now we pulled extra money together and we're ready now. Right. Yeah. So, or, but you do yeah, want I don't want to like, people. I want a $10,000 high luxury kitchen remodel and that's all I want to spend. Like that's yeah, it's not going to happen. No. That's, I think that's where I want to start setting. I don't want to scare people off, which is where I think our discussion was good to start the, in, in our area, 
and this might be weird for some of our listeners who are out of here, but like $100 a square foot is really basic level construction. I mean, we're talking like bare bones, builder grade, bargain basement. Like I found a vanity half off because it was somewhat damaged. <laughs> like really, oh, no. really like to me that brings you in like a flipper budget, a everything might not necessarily be cohesive together type of area, DIY area. Like you're going to have to pick and choose things at that lower entry level price. And then we talked about how it goes up like $200 a square foot is going to help you get some upgrades that you want. And you're going to have to still make some choices, $300 a square foot. You're getting something a little more um, elevated and then $400 plus a square foot. I mean, in greater Los Angeles, that's not weird. We have multimillionaires who are, who are buying, you know, reclaimed Italian marble from some, you know, house in the hills in Italy and importing it here or custom quarrying marble. Like that's, that's a reality of where, we, where I live. So when right, people- it's affecting the prices. Yeah. So don't show me rooms with $10,000 window treatments and then say, I have, you know, I have $300 for window treatments. And people just don't know that that's not very much money. They just can't understand. I don't know. Anyway, that's a fizzle to be like, oh my God, a a $500 light fixture. What? Like, okay, girl. Like, (laughs) that's that's nothing. Good price. Yeah. That's a deal, you know, like, Anyway, so we can talk more about that, but it's been a lot of conversations lately, a lot of inquiries. And so going back to my boundaries, I want to make sure that I'm putting more information out there for people to read and and digest first, because it's not just about my design work. It's just about them knowing what's reasonable, you know, to complete. And um, I will balance that really long-winded fizzle with my sizzle, which is a client project I've been working on since the beginning of the year, they, they don't really, you know, not everyone's into social media evenly, but she has been like sharing pictures on her Instagram with friends and family. And she just recently, I think because now there's like actually something to show because we're at that phase where stuff is like fully in that she started tagging me, tagging, you know, my business Instagram on it, which is like, that's a good feeling. Like, okay, you obviously like it if you're willing to tell people you worked with a designer and you're putting the name on it. And I'm really happy with the project. So um, I'm not resharing those because I want them to maintain their privacy, but it matters to me that in the group of friends and family that she's posting to that they know and I did a few people who I know follow her, then followed over to me afterwards. So I'm like, okay, this is why we do word of mouth. This is why it works so well. And I I don't know, there's nothing that forces a client to do that. So when they do, it makes me really excited. Yeah. And that means they're happy and excited. So yeah, that's awesome. It was some good energy to kind of wrap into that. Um, well, okay. So, fizzle. 
I don't want to like bring the whole episode down, but my dad had a stroke in my house on Saturday morning, which just, he's totally fine, but it was pretty scary, but he Uh, was, um, luckily he was with our handyman and my husband was right there basically. So they got him to the hospital really quick, got the clot blocking medicine, whatever it is, and they cleared it. So he's hopefully coming home today. And he says he's got all of his movement and he's totally fine. <laughs> he says he doesn't even need to like take a nap. So Oh my I, God. We'll see when he's actually out of that environment. But Right, right, um, right, right. Like, I'm fine. Let me go home. It's totally good. And then he's like, Thank God I'm out of there. And <laughs> Yeah. I mean, they're obviously he'll have to make some lifestyle changes, but the good news is like they've pinpointed the clot and it's gone. So thank goodness. Yeah. So if you are with anyone who looks like they're having stroke symptoms, please don't hesitate. Call 911 because it can mean everything. Yeah. The faster response, the better. And that's what everyone's, all the doctors told him that. Jesus. Thank God he couldn't ignore it. Or he wasn't just at home by himself and no one noticed it. And he's just like, I'm fine. And well, he fell down, (laughs) like his leg like gave out. So, but yeah, I mean, if my mom was upstairs and he couldn't, she couldn't hear him. Like, who knows? Like, oh my God. Makes me not want to walk around with headphones (laughs) in. Like I know, because you just want to know what's happening. Like y'all, right? You okay? Especially parents now. For I think both of us, we've had a year of tests. We were talking. We were talking about this, so it's news to our listeners. And and Rebecca and I were connecting like kind of real time as it was happening. But it's the year of dads and health scares. Yeah. Among so many other things, but I'm glad that he's recovering and that he has, he was able to get treatment quickly. And then the next couple months, I'm sure there'll be more and more data and information and things to follow up on for him. Yeah, for sure. I mean, best case scenario to a bad situation, but um, yeah, so that was fizzle, fizzle of the week for sure. Uh, yeah, that's a big one. And sizzle, I'm just going to keep it light. <laughs> I got I got the new iPhone 12 Pro. Upgrade. Upgrade. She's shiny and bright. Um, so I'm not going to give a full review on this because I haven't completely played with it. But the 12 Pro comes with LiDAR technology, which is like 3D radar kind of right so i played with it a little bit like super quickly but basically there's apps that you can scan a room and it completely maps the room in 3d and will export to cad i mean i want to know more about that when it's available because i feel like when you know more i'm ready to hear more about it it's like, I don't know if it's ever going to be, like, real, like, measurements. Useful. With 
No, well, I, I just think it'll be like a good like first capture of a space and then go back and double check everything with a tape measure. But I okay. scanned a room in 10 seconds. And if it really is going to give me a floor plan out of that. Yeah. Especially when there's weird bumps and nooks and crannies. and Oh, I'm here for it. And I just so. think, I think that's a cool visual to have things to refer back to for stuff like that. It's a beautiful phone. I always give it to Apple. They make gorgeous, gorgeous products. So I'm, it's one of those things where it's so beautiful. You have to put it in a case because I can't, it's basically mm. a, having a laptop. They're so expensive, but that new, their new blue color is really freaking sexy. I was really on the fence. I went with the gold. But. I I would probably pick the gold because it already coordinates with all the other things that I have, which is <laughs> it important. Your desk. It's gonna match everything. Um, so but I'm, I'm I'll report back it. on the technology because I think it could be really helpful for our businesses. Yeah, I like that Hashtag angle for right it. Right off. Hashtag I'm, right off. <laughs> I love that journey for you. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe we should just kick kick off this kickoff. We're back. Kick for off the kickoff. Process party's back. Pew 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 pew. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a minute. Um We've, we're just exploring, like, as we go through steps in the process, sometimes we realize that there's things that might seem quick and easy to us, but maybe we really need to, like, flesh out everything that has made it so easy for us to navigate or makes our lives easier to navigate. And one of them is just the, great, you, you signed a contract and you have a client. So now what? And what happens in those initial steps? Right before the magic of design takes over, there's kind of a lot involved there. Yeah, between documents and meetings to be scheduled, vendors to line up, so. So much of that. Let's do it. Okay, so you and I are both now using Dubsado. Clients sign their contracts, pay their initial retainer invoice through their proposal, it's all together. You know, Bob's your uncle, it's done. And then Fine, we then the project begins. I'm yours. Yeah. Right. And then do you have anything like what happens there for you? Like right after that, okay, great, we're gonna get started. So I think I mentioned this last in one of the last few weeks, but I took Jacob Medina's advice. If you haven't listened to episode 25, 26. Mm-hmm. I believe he's 26. I, I mean it, 2020 is all blurring together. So He had some really great tips about this and I took his advice. So I sent out a style survey that includes, so I do this through Dubsado. It's a questionnaire. I customize it to that particular client with some photo, like some quick style photos that I ask, like, do you like, what do you like about this room? What don't you like about this room? Maybe there's two different options. Um, but then but I they're think, similar to the stuff they've talked about doing with you. Or dissimilar. Sometimes I'll try to okay. put a little trick one in there to be like, I want to get them to talk about something specific. Like, 
Okay. Maybe I'll go like super bold or something I wouldn't probably do, but I want them to tell me they don't like that color or that chair is ugly or whatever. I don't show them ugly stuff, but I might go extreme with it, if that makes sense. Okay. I I like the idea of sort of like a, what do you love about this? What do you hate about this? What, like, are we in the right zone? Because every client has a different vocabulary and different taste level. And right. you're trying to like, Bring yourself well, it to gives the same them a ground. visual to talk about. So when you ask to describe your style, I do that in my first questionnaire. But yeah. yeah, we've talked about this before. Like modern and traditional are such like huge categories that they mean oh something God, different yeah. to everybody. Totally. Yeah, I like this sort of equalizer, especially before you're really far into a project of what's what's important to you what's not let's get on the same page before you've started spending a lot on billable hours and most importantly it gets if their clients are a couple it gets them on the same page yeah i would like to spend as little time being a design therapist as possible and getting to like the real work that i do versus getting them to agree and i have a I have a questionnaire. It's not a style questionnaire, but it is a, I just call it a design questionnaire. It doesn't have those elements. I've been using this for a while now and I keep adding more and more to it throughout each project kind of afterwards I assess like, I would have liked to have known that up front. I would have liked to have known that. And now it's built in Dubsado so I can easily just keep upping that. But that's one of the things that goes out after the project, if I don't already have links to Pinterest boards or house boards or whatever, it lets them file upload or put links. Mm -hmm. So I want to get that stuff up front and I just want to make sure that I've collected everything. But mine also contains like functional stuff that I want them to like immortalize in the document of are there materials and finishes you like literally can't stand and those are a right. no-go no matter what I do now's the time to tell me like we 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 hate brass and then I'll be like okay well then our contract is over we have to move on um, <laughs> nice knowing you it was so great talking with you these last couple weeks but um I'm gonna refund your your deposit because I can't I can't do a house without brass but um that's not actually true it's just mostly true but I want to know that stuff or colors they hate. If they're like, we, we absolutely cannot stand green. It's like, okay, well, it's good for me to know. But it, I also recognize that that's sometimes a, a test for me as like, tell me what you don't like. So there is follow-up to those questions of this is great. Right. You shared it, but it, this isn't McDonald's. Like I don't just punch in an order form based off this questionnaire and create your design. So I would love that. Yeah, I wish I could just beep, boop, beep, boop, beep, boop. Bam, design pops Output. out. Yeah, order 26, your room is ready. <laughs> <laughs> that would be amazing. But there's, well, I mean, that's sort of like that, that's an e-design sort of model almost where it's like, okay, we're not going to do a lot of critical thinking here because you're not paying for all of that. You're paying for one comprehensive vision that's really streamlined. With this is like full service, I'm... 
I want to know how do you entertain? What's the average age of people you entertain? Yeah, all that's in that guide or that questionnaire as well. Right. And I, I mean, I like when I get answers from both of the partners because I can hear, like, I can kind of get a read on who each person is and like how much they care about things, how much involvement they may have. Right. Um, how they kind of see th- rooms is super interesting to me sometimes. Like they'll see a tile installation as busy where I would never think that because it's all one color. I don't know. Right. And it just helps you know, like, okay, how am I going to approach this? How do I talk about my... It, it helps me inform the presentation process further down the road, too, of, like, mm-hmm. I remember you said X, Y, Z, and because of that, I pulled these. Because I found that in the sales process, because that's what we are, the more information we have to inform the design process, the better I can present that to, this is what this is where this came from. I didn't just pull this out of like, this is the design I want to do. I'm creating this based off of the data you gave me. And now this is what it looks like. you kind of get an idea if like, because there's sometimes I've had clients like this that maybe I'm sure have, where one of the um, parties is kind of contrary. And they're (laughs) like, not in a bad way necessarily, but you can tell they're always going to be kind of playing this devil's advocate or like what about like you showed me something green well i'm what if we do it in blue i'm like but back to what you were saying okay but you sent me a bunch of inspiration photos and it was a lot of greens and natural colors so right i'm just kind of going back to that vibe we talked about okay you're right you're right yeah and that happens so many times during the design process where i'm like yeah, but we we really pulled this from, you didn't want, you love the look of Chrome, but you don't love the function of Chrome because it's always got water spots and smudge marks and you really wanted to avoid a high polished surface. And then they're like, yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. Like, I don't like that. It's well, true. And we just got to narrow it down. Like, I love every color in the universe, but I can't have them all in my one room. So right. we got to make choices. Yeah. So questions about style, like comfort, I I include my I don't have we talked about this before the unicorn zone I feel like we have right um I don't know if we have on the pod I've talked about I know I've talked about this online on Instagram where I talk about the balance between low cost good quality and fast turnaround so it's Mm -hmm. like money time and quality basically and that the overlap of all three doesn't exist. Like there isn't a magical unicorn of low cost, good quality, and you can get it quickly. Um, and I mind that process is in my questionnaire of like, you can only pick two priorities. So let's have you pick now what they are. And you tell me what the two top ones are because you're not going to get all three. And I ask them, pick, <laughs> pick two. Right. And most, most clients pick, they want a balance between quality and cost, but most of my clients aren't in a huge rush. 
I do, however, have clients who are like, no, we need to move this quickly because there's a timeline. We're moving in or it's a rental. Like I'm working with a client who's doing an Airbnb right now. So for them, fast turnaround is important because they've got to go. They want to get it rented as quick as possible. It's an investment property. So to them, fast turnaround was at the top of their pick because they don't they don't have the time to wait. They can't let this design come together over the course of six months. Time is money. Yeah. For them, it, for them, it is. Now, most of my other clients are like, we want to get it right. We're bringing you on because we want to get it right. And if it means we wait four to six weeks for the tile we really want, okay, let's consider it. Yes. Yeah, I like the unicorn zone. Have you also heard of like the you can have two health, love, or money? That's depressing. Oh, let's not play that game right now. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> I mean, I guess I'll be poor. <laughs> I don't want any of them to be. I don't want to be there. poor financially, but if it means I don't have health and love, what's the point? Like, that's true. Ugh. Maybe it's like you can only excel at two at one given time. I think that's. Yeah. It. Like you can only have abundance in two areas. Yeah. Um, But I have other functional stuff in that questionnaire. Like, okay, do you like finishes that age or patina? Do you like finishes that are like man-made or do you want them to look more perfect and machine-made? And I compare like a Zellige tile with like Mm. a standard kind of perfect machine-made tile because I really want people to see the contrast between these things. And that helps so much of my process. Totally. Yeah. Cause they, if somebody is not going to like things getting patina, they're not going to like cement tile or aged brass. Hey, Sean. Have you signed up for the Hot Young Designers Club newsletter? Oh, no. Really? Is this you not wanting to clutter your inbox with a lot of excess junk? No, no. Let me do it. Where do I need to go? You need to go to hotyoungdesignersclub.com. Scroll down until you get to the subscribe button. Just pop in your email address and your name. All right. I'm doing it right now. Is this going to be a bunch of spam? It's not. It's actually not going to be anything until we actually get around to sending something. But we have big plans and we want to be able to send surveys to get feedback from our audience. And maybe once in a while, a special surprise or a recap. All right. I'm on it. Thank you. Back to the show. Do you, I don't have a different welcome kit. I just, it's my, I just have a single investment guide that I send at the initial stages before their consult. I'll talk about it. I don't have it ready, but I am what working on it. What you want to do. Yeah. Okay. So from there, I also send, well, I haven't done it yet. I want to send a welcome kit, which is like a PDF kind of a little bit like guide to how it's all going to work. Um, I'm still working on mine, but it's going to include like a little bit more of like the team if there was one, like a reminder of things like billing, like things that are in the contract, but it'll be kind of pulled out 
of the contract or scope of not scope of work but more of my legal stuff um and made into like a more user-friendly palatable make sure you read this reminder yeah i always find there are those disconnects between what's in the contract and then in reality and you have to keep referring back to the contract and you don't right which feels like i don't know rough it can it it can feel i guess less approachable to have to keep going back to a contract when it would be easy to just have a guide that you're like here are the big things remember i told you we're gonna do xyz this remember is the time how shipping and receiving works um and a little bit yeah. more of like i don't know it's just kind of like a marketing version of all of those points it's friendlier to do that instead of if you could look at paragraph four a second bullet point in your contract yeah. like ugh, i just don't i don't want to keep referring to that unless we're really in like a hey you're not paying your bills type of zone exactly like so and it's also if there's something that for some reason they didn't read the contract thoroughly but we need to talk about like use of photography or coming in to do photo shoots or yeah things like that they can bring that up before I start planning things so yeah it's a quick hit like reference guide to the contract without having to be as heavy yes and it's a lot more easy to digest pretty pictures all that yeah it's also I like, like kind of getting them excited like onboarded to like this world you know like what happens you're in a different kind of mode when you're working with a designer yeah, I kind of wish I had one that said, just because you see me posting stuff on social media doesn't mean that I'm not doing something for your project <laughs> or doesn't mean that I need to be spending all my time on your project. Right. Oh, that reminds me, something I have in my questionnaire or my style kickoff questionnaire is about their preference for social media and whether, okay. like it asks like, do you mind if I share progress on your project? Um, and it's like, yeah, tag me, or I don't mind if you do, just keep me anonymous. And then it's, and then there's a, no, please don't. <laughs> no, don't sign me up for that. So, and I have a note in there that says, I always respect your privacy and um, will never share anything that you're not aware of. Like, I'm not going to, like, reveal a presentation before the client has seen right, it. Right, right, right. Look in their medicine cabinet. Or, or anything like that. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. I, I mean, so. those are good uh, let's keep things friendlies, like, yeah, I mean, I feel like whenever I do talk about a project, I'm always a phase behind the where the client actually is. Like we've mm. already revealed things or talked about things together and we're already firmly in that direction before the world sees it. Yeah, it's more site visit stuff, I think, that I want them to be on board with because that's kind of real time. Yeah, it'd be, it would be cool to be able to share more and tag. Um, 
That's an interesting. Because if they're way like, yeah, it. tag me, then I'm like, oh, well, they want me to like. Because some clients, they're into are it. Into it, yeah, it's exciting for them, and they kind of want to be part of it all. So yeah. it's um, yeah, and then it's not a awkward. I don't know. I guess I'm always trying to avoid like awkward things that aren't important. So. Right, like, oh, I we don't really want that to happen, or why are you sharing that? And it's just or like, okay, it but it's gonna, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't, I'm not ready for people to see that. It's like, okay, well, and especially back again, like when it's two, when it's a couple, like the wife could say, yeah, tag me, but then not realize the husband's like, please don't, please don't do, do that. that. I'm very private. I don't want people to see the inside of our house or whatever, like. Yeah, so it gets them, again, it gets everybody on the same page, and they can just click a little button and not feel like it's a big deal, you know? I like that. I like the welcome kit idea. I think that's going to be, like, a a way to streamline a lot of those conversations without them feeling overwhelming, and it's it's also a walkthrough, like, it's a good, like... I haven't done this, so I haven't finished it yet, but it could be a good kickoff Zoom call where you walk through it, see if they have any questions, um, and kind of walk them through the process via this guide. Like it's like a presentation almost. Yeah, I could I could use a little bit more of a warm and fuzzy from that transition from the great you signed a contract and because I have Right now, the way I've set it up in Dubsado is like, awesome, we're going to get started. I'm so excited. Like, this is going to be great. And expect communication with me soon. And then it waits. It automatically waits a few days. And then it sends an email with an invitation to go to my Acuity and schedule their measurement appointment. And I have a mm, couple different nice. types. I have a couple different types of measurement appointments based on how many rooms we're doing in their project. So it's either usually one to two rooms. I can be out in one to two hours. Like, and it kind of g- goes up from there to where I could legit be there a half a day, depending on how many spaces I have to measure for and how much remodeling we're doing. Like there's more measuring on existing construction remodel than there is on new construction like right so i how do you how do they know what to sign up for based on their give them one link so you update the link before it sends yeah exactly so the link specifies which i don't mind going into manually handle that because i still want to have my hands on that part of a project at this point like it's not something I want to completely automate. And I also don't want them to mistakenly schedule a really short appointment when it's long because they're like, well, I don't have that much time that day. It's like, well, that's, this is how long it takes for me to do that. Find the day that you have this amount of time. Right. And so I, I do like being like, this is your option. It's, I could be done faster. I will work efficiently. You don't need to be with me every moment. Please don't. That's also, please don't be. Um, but that's also when I take my before photos. So I let them know in that email, like I will be taking before photos for reference. This doesn't mean you have to clean everything up. I, in fact, like I kind of don't want you to, cause it makes for a really dramatic transformation. Mm-hmm. 
But I do tell them like, if there's anything identifying that you want to put away or do that, do that before I come clean up a little before I come. I need to be able to get to everything like, especially cabinetry and stuff that I want to measure walls. Like don't, don't have a bunch of stuff stacked, you know, in your kitchen if I'm going to be measuring that space. Cause I need access to everything. So it's only, it's like a paragraph. It's really quick. Most people get it, you know, so. It's like a what to expect. Yeah. And then I get to my measurement appointment and I do that. And we haven't even started the project. And sometimes from there, I mean, I'm letting clients know, like, remember, we're like a month out from presentation or maybe longer, depending on how big it is. Yeah. And we're in the kind of schedule they've landed. Right. Yeah. Because until I have measurements, nothing design-wise has actually started. I don't actually start doing any work until the design questionnaire is filled out and I have measurements. I don't like to start going too far down any paths until I have all that stuff. I just don't want to put in the work to have to go back again and go, oh, shoot, I thought this big tub would fit there. And then I get my measurements and realize it's not going to work. Like, I'd really rather wait don't don't start yeah. doing design work that they're paying me for that was unnecessary. And Sometimes if back. I need to like kind of throw them a bone before I can physically do anything um, in person, I might do uh, like so basically the first couple pages of my design plan where it's like look and feel mood board. Like nothing's, there's no space planning or specific items, but it's like inspirational images kind of like moving forward on what I showed them in that questionnaire yeah um maybe colors I'm thinking of it's more of like the lifestyle of it energy feeling yeah type of stuff and I'm with that I think that's a smart way to get like hey we've got ideas bubbling, but yeah yeah, because for me, it's an amuse bouche, get... really. <laughs> the chef has sent out something special for you because Ooh, dinner's going to be delayed. I this love a... an amuse bouche. It's this so This is the cute. design amuse bouche because the chef is working on something so magical. It's going to take a while. Like, which is exactly you... what that is. They're like, this it is. shit's going to take a while. So here's a tiny shot glass of carrots soup like or whatever yeah 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 if you want the molten chocolate lava cake you have to order that the moment you arrive to the restaurant <laughs> because or the paella it won't yeah yeah if you want the paella you needed to tell us before you got here <laughs> when you left your house uh yesterday it's oh, a good paella <laughs> um, but i like that idea of like okay here's a teaser because I do tell clients, and it's not like, undoing not any work. Any- like the measurements don't affect it at all. So like there no. is a little of getting on the same page. And- but I like that because I do tell clients, I'm like, it's going to be a few weeks. You're not going to hear anything. Like I'm going to check in with you each week because that's what I do for my projects on Fridays. Is like kind of give the assessment of where we're at and what's happening. But sometimes it really is just the email. Hey, we got measurements this week. It's going to be a little bit before all of that is like fully drafted and then space planned. And then I have to like go into the actual 
like schematic or programming phase of a project Mm -hmm. after that and that takes time and I may not I may be still working on other projects where I may be able to buy yourself some more time because you're probably already pinning and like once I get a contract I'm already like thinking about what it's gonna feel like so totally the I think we've talked about that where it's hard to shut off the creative process so you kind of want to have some of it out there bubbling because it motivates you to get the project moving. And I don't want clients to feel like, what did I just pay this retainer for if there's nothing that I'm going to see for like a month? Or But it also gives a round of feedback, like preliminary feedback. Because if it's, if it's just a mood and there's like, I don't know, a ton of like wood paneling or whatever, and maybe like, that oh wasn't God, what you no. were intending to do, but they will feedback they'll tell you what they didn't yeah. like or something like you at least know like you get a little bit of a bump to the direction that you will end up going yeah i like that idea um <coughs> the schematic phase for me gets really granular and i think that's just because like i'm a for me i like the strategy involved in design i like the planning i like the the picking like cost benefit analysis of certain design solutions like yeah we could add more storage but then you're going to lose space to navigate this room or yeah we could put that cabinet there but you're gonna trade it off with you know having less circulation space in the kitchen and that's like the brainy part of design for me which clients don't usually find that fascinating (laughs) not as fascinating as you do it's not sexy for clients. They don't until they, it comes together. Then they're like, "Oh my god, I'm so glad you thought of that." Yeah, like they. Oh, th- that was so smart to put that drawer over here because we use it. We literally use that all the time, and that's the one thing that we really are glad we did. And it's, but that's the that's the mag the magic of designer behind the scenes is we're thinking about how you'll actually live in it, how you'll work in it, how you'll mm-hmm. navigate it. Will it be efficient or not? Like. And that's where a lot of clients will come back and say like, oh, I really like this, but what if we did this? And then I'm like, actually, here that's a really cool idea, but here's why it doesn't work for your space. Because if it's not in this spot, the only other two spots are here and here, and then it causes these problems. They're like, oh. So I like to really be thoughtful during the programming and schematic phases of projects. Yeah, Because I really, I want them to know that I spent a lot of time landing on what I think is the best solution. And I can only do that by working through a couple ideas where I can really say, I think this is the, the one of the two best possible plans, or this is the best possible option. And why? Yeah. And why? Yeah. Not just, oh, I plopped this in because it like looks it. good. Yeah. Yeah. So it's identifying wants needs nice to haves versus the need to haves roughing out layouts on sketch paper do you still use trace paper at all do you ever use it no i use (laughs) so in school we use it's called i don't know what it's actually called anymore it's basically a roll of trace paper but when i was in school they would call it bum wad (laughs) what yes which is basically like junk Paper, like really thin, tracy paper that was like just it's on a toilet roll. paper. Like it's supposed to sound I like don't, toilet paper. Kind of. I think that's where 
I think that's where it came from. I really honestly don't, don't know why, but it's, um, did you call it that? Uh, in school we did, or then people started changing it to trace and then they have, they have, um, but I think bumwad paper was actually yellow. Pass me some bumwad. Yeah. (laughs) That's what it's called. I know this is going to, I promised you guys it's an actual lingo in in architecture like it's right. a thin I, roll okay. of trace paper i promise you it's, it's a real probably word like it's a real thing no, I, it's usually I, oh, it like yellow. yellowy i'm telling you no, I, I mean and it. now I they make it in lights because they bleach the paper and they but it's a big it's like a real thing so i use i don't use, vellum. Yellow. I use it was vellum yeah, I use like a white trace now for everything. But I like really doing that. Like I will put down the general shape of a room and I love doing this for remodels because I want to start over with just the shape of the room, assuming like if we're not going to add square footage, maybe. I like to pretend none of the windows are anywhere, whatever. Maybe mm-hmm. just the doorway into the room is the only thing I'm not going to touch. And then I just start messing with plans. And I might do like in a four by four or five by five type of size to scale. I will just like, I'll do dozens sometimes. I'll just I kind of do that on my iPad. And that's fun. That's like the same idea. Like, okay, let's just pretend like, ooh, cool, the stove here or the stove here, the, the fridge over there. And sometimes something comes to me that I'm just like, oh my God, I never would have done this if... I had kept that window in that spot. The biggest problem here became the window, not anything mm-hmm. else. And sometimes clients can't see that where they're like a magical layout doesn't show up because they're looking at what already exists. And I like doing that during my programming phase of like just throw out as many ideas. That's kind of what art school teaches you. Get through a bunch of really crappy ideas yeah. and one of them is going to end up working out the way you want it to. Yeah, I mean, that's like a creative process um, technique that it's just that sketch, like like graphic designers, like you just keep sketching, 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 getting it all out. And and then you, you look back hit. at them and you're, yeah, you look back and you go, wait, that one has something. No, 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 no. Trash, trash, trash. Mm-hmm. Ball up your bum wad and throw it away. <laughs> <laughs> Flush your bum wad. Flush your bum wad. <laughs> this is an explicit podcast i'm just kidding (laughs) and um but that's my part of the that's my process when i first start we don't have to go totally down the creative pathway but well yeah maybe we'll do that in another episode but um how do you handle budgeting with clients before because there's like you know you kind of got to like start penciling something out before you've selected yeah some of that is done in the initial like phone call and consultation where they've provided me some information about the level of what they're looking for. And then I will say like, okay, I'm hearing a kitchen that is in the X to Y range. Does that freak you out? And do you, are you keeping your same appliances or adding new ones? And that kind of falls into that range for kitchens and bathrooms Mm -hmm. and what level of luxury And then I start working out of that to develop a preliminary budget. So if they're like, oh yeah, we want 
the amazing robotic like bidet toilet combo and we want a towel warmer and we want a two-headed you know double shower and then I'm like okay here's some rough numbers that I can add in and a lot of those are just materials numbers at that point uh it's not the labor it's not the construction but I can start developing preliminary budgets of like okay materials for this one bathroom is going to be at least ten thousand dollars yeah and then we we bump up construction you know costs on that for install and all of that work you know, and then I will sometimes refer back to clients early before we've really designed everything of sharing a preliminary budget and what some of those big, big ticket items look like and say, is, are we on the right track? Are we on the wrong track? Like, what is Are we evaluating the same things? And, yeah. Yeah. And if they're like, oh, okay, yeah, the toilet is non-negotiable. Have to have that. Can we mm-hmm. cut back on costs per square foot on tile? Before I've even picked one, I just kind of right. go with like a, hey, let's assume average cost per square foot is X dollars. You're going to need this much just for the shower, this much for the floor, this much for a backsplash or whatever it is. Well, yeah, because that totally informs your choices. Yeah. And I think clients have really responded well to that because they like the trade-off game great we can keep that need to have toilet we're gonna have to go to the maybe nice to have or lower tile options now if we're gonna make up for that in the budget and they that for me clients have been really responsive to that idea of trading off things like yes this piece of furniture is not worth that much to me let's go lower on that because we need to save that money for the sofa or we need to save it for the built-ins or whatever it might be. Yeah. Jacob again had a really, we had a really good conversation about budget too, that I think is a good reference to go back and listen to. So. Yeah. Episode 26 had a really good play on that setting budget price points really up front. Um, mm-hmm. and getting that like high level approval he had a cool process yeah his was like the, the, the good better best model was mm-hmm. really cool i think it applies a lot for for furnishings and accessories and things like that i yeah. suppose you could work it out for a bathroom or a kitchen but th- it just gets really complicated for those types of spaces well because people don't know square footage but, pricing and or like linear foot pricing for yeah. countertops like that can get really really ambiguous very quickly so i feel like they won't know like what's the difference and i feel like material costs are yeah it's, it it's different so than much. it ranges so much and people don't have any sense of them so like people know the difference between a 500 dollars sofa and a ten thousand dollars like they have a reference point for that and what it might mean so yeah like they've sat on something at a big box furniture store like Ashley or wherever. Um, well, or they just know kind of how to value that item because it's one item. So they're like, we let our kids eat spaghetti on the couch. Like, Oh, no. Yeah. yeah. So they totally. maybe aren't going to like really value that right now. So I don't Correct, know. correct. Yeah. Um, I like that idea of like, okay, side chair, good, 
good. Okay, this mm. is going to be elevated. Still not, still not luxury. Okay, here's what the best luxury or custom or bespoke is. And of get course, there's you. still tons of education and selling and what does it mean? Like, why is it luxury? What goes into the manufacturing process? Why is it more? Um, like, what makes it quality? Sometimes it's finish level and aesthetic. Sometimes it's durability and. Yeah, I think yeah. that. That's a topic we know we're going to talk about more in future process parties Mm -hmm. and future episodes to talk about product. How do you know? Where do you get that knowledge? I mean, not, not everyone, even, even in design school, we spent a lot of time on textile and other materials, but we didn't really spend as much time on, yeah, like carpet, fabric, stuff like that. We did not spend as much time on furniture and construction Mm -hmm. methods and I feel like a lot of my knowledge from that came from my internship HGTV oh god barf um (laughs) no definitely not my internship where she made nearly every piece of furniture custom which is rare for a lot of designers Mm -hmm. and showrooms see how the sausage is made Right. Like that's a fascinating, like you need to go check on that sofa and you're going to do the sit test. You're going to be the one like intern. You're going to go and say, is that the right cushion level? We're looking for this type of feel. And then you go to the upholsterer and take pictures and send it back and whatnot. And then kind of the same idea for talking to reps, talking to showrooms, going to trade and market events. So I know we're going to talk about that more later because that informs the process with clients. Yes, completely. Um, so we're, at this point, we haven't even designed anything yet, necessarily. No, I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> I'm already and over this project. Do yes. you bring in, before you've designed too much, do you bring in any like vendors or contractors or anybody else? to kind of get a general Um, assessment of the job early on? Yeah, it depends on the project. Like right now I'm working on like kind of a kitchen living room refresh before the clients move in. Okay. So I did bring a few trades in at the same time. So like a painter, the contractor, well, he brought the painter and tried to get the flooring guy in, but he had a misunderstanding. But yeah, like some of those big things, trying to get them all in at the same time as much as possible to get an idea of where we're standing before I design, but didn't totally work out <laughs> that way this time, but ideally, yes. Yeah, this is where I think it makes sense to have some of your go-to parties and or really, I mean, I... I tell my clients, even if they're contracting directly with parties, like contractors and everybody, I ask to be copied or to have them send me copies when they get bids and estimates. Mm -hmm. One, because I want to make sure that what they're bidding on matches the actual scope of work. So when clients collect multiple bids, it's apples to apples. Totally. The second part of that is it helps me understand industry pricing especially for types of things that maybe haven't been done before. Like I, I recently had a project that included a custom 
like reface of a fireplace with plaster. And I hadn't, I've seen that done other places. I have never done it. So I wanted to get an idea of what all was involved in that. So I, I saw the copy of the change order for that. And then I try to work out cost per square foot, cost per linear foot, those types of numbers, because I want a good frame of reference to be able to go back and share that with other clients when they're thinking about projects. Yeah. So even if I can't get a vendor like you could to come out, I could say, uh, I think you're looking at a number like this. Or like knowing when you're in the design process, like if it costs less to do that than it does to tile, then you can save budget by recommending something different. Totally. If that was true. Yeah, I think that's like a trade-off where you say like, oh yeah, a full quartz slab black backsplash is going to be more expensive than just tiling per square foot right there. Mm-hmm. So we should just go with a tile that we like that's moderately priced because a full slab is going to cost more for that area. And then sometimes it's not true. Sometimes the if it's a bigger area, the cost to just put a whole slab on there because it's so quick to the install labor, yeah. is cheaper than having to cut and put tile and that's where you have to really build the knowledge and I don't know I I do know some designers they are intimately involved with contractors and vendors in the same way that I am and they want to be copied on all the change orders all the proposals everything because they're being tasked with helping to watch the client's budget so the more you know (laughs) yes the design doula your job is to yeah, like, remember, you said this was your budget and this was your contingency. So if you're going to eat that on that one, you know, upgrade with the contractor, where are we cutting it elsewhere? And yeah, and what are you going to screw me out of with my <laughs> furniture install or whatever? That's that's a big one with clients is like, remember, we've set aside X for to furnish this room when it's done that we're already we're already contracted for that. Like, it's already happening. I don't yeah, know. So, um, okay. I think so you get the so trades in, and then you're like ready to design. So I think that's when that's we the, move out of kickoff and into create mode, prime time, Pr- prime time, create mode. The magic, sexy part comes after this, and. I mean, that's a lot of territory, y'all. Like, that's weeks and weeks of work before you've actually done a project. And I think it's good for clients to have a really accurate picture of what's going to happen because otherwise, they're not seeing a whole lot go on. Remember, they're still Mm -hmm. living in a house that nothing's been done to yet at this point. Right. And it eats a lot of, it can eat a lot of hours. So clients should be prepared that, at least in my case, most of my hours are spent in the earliest phases of projects. Yeah, in the drawing and... Yeah, and like all the way up through presentation is the most time-consuming part. And then we kind of have a lull until project management. Like once then, then it's another chunk of hours spent on the actual implementation phase. So you don't see a lot getting done, but you're spending a lot to get it done at this point. Right. Well, and it's ensuring it's all done right. So, gosh, 
Totally. They should be able to pay for this project by avoiding mistakes, in theory. <laughs> right. Like not ordering the wrong size of something or not getting the wrong square footage or calculating something wrong or a contractor recommending a certain lighting arrangement that you're like, ew, gross. Yeah, and or you have to ugly, change it yeah. all. So that's where I really am like, this is where we get it right. And this is why you hire me. So really position that value during this like initial kickoff phase of we don't rush this process. We've got to, we're going to spend a lot of time. There's going to be phone calls and meetings and maybe a zoom or two. Like we're going to invest in this phase. So later it all works out the way you want it to. Yeah. Think of all the money you've saved. (laughs) Easy peasy lemon squeezy. All right. Well, that was a fun little party. Little process party for y'all. The next one. Yeah. Well, we won't make any promises about what the next one exactly is going to be. <laughs> yeah, but don't, don't, don't do that. Don't, don't <laughs> sign me up for cardio. Yeah. <laughs> we are calling it. Until next time. Stay hot, designers. Thanks for joining this meeting of the Hot Young Designers Club podcast. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Check out the show notes there for links to things we talked about today. We are keeping the conversation going on Instagram, so don't forget to like, comment, and follow at Hot Young Designers Club. You can find Rebecca on Instagram at Studio Plum. And you can find Sean at Renstead Interiors. That's W-R-E-N-S-T-E-D. More money, more problems. <laughs> I got 99 problems, but a client ain't one. <laughs> Actually. <laughs> I got I got uh, 99 problem clients. Got 99 problems and 98 are clients. <laughs> <laughs>